You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Podeskew Podcast is a proud member of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. All right, everybody on the train, all aboard, you snooze, you lose. Buy my loot boxes. Not you! Get off the train! Don't let him on. Oh, okay. All right, listen here, Greenhorn. I'm going to teach you everything you need to know about how to conduct a podcast. First thing you need to know is never stay on topic ever. Uh, sir? What do you want? Uh, people are complaining about the Venom movie still. I don't care. Feed them Justice League or something. Get them off my back. Copy. But, sir, it says in the book that you need to stay on topic as a podcast. Screw the book, Greenhorn. The book was written by dinosaurs. Second thing you need to know is never report news that's not at least two or three weeks old. Uh, sir? What do you want? People are complaining about the Pokemon Go update. I don't care. Just... Gag them! Or something! Shut them up! On it. Uh, sir? What do you want, Greenhorn? I think the train might be going off the rails. That's exactly how we run this show. This is the Crazy Train of Thought podcast, brought to you by the Idiot Savants. Find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. www.crazytrainofthought.com You podcast. I am CJ. And with me, as always, is my head roller, May Rico. What's up, man? <laughs> I was really hoping you were gonna do that. Oh, I, oh, I did it, you <laughs> motherfuckers. Um, I wonder who we're talking about today. <laughs> we are talking about Barack Obama. <laughs> Shit. Albert- with everything going on right now today, that's not necessarily a bad choice either. Uh, hello, America. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually not that bad because you probably don't really have an Obama. That was still pretty good. Pretty good. I, I have an Obama. I have a I have a whole bit about like oh, if what Obama was like when he was like seventeen, trying to pick up girls. Like, uh, hello, I'd like to take you out, and we can go out for dinner, and be really good. And That's then maybe pretty fucking funny. And then maybe uh, we can talk about social interactions, and maybe I can kiss you. It'd be good for America. <laughs> <laughs> you got to kind of you got. No, <laughs> I, you. I get uh, it. Yeah, you got to kind of take uh, Clinton and like drop the. Oh yeah, you know you got to got to drop that. It's it's more. Obama sounds like he is always trying to remember. The next thing to say. Yeah, uh, I get yeah, yeah. I forgot my fucking lines. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I get where you get that from. I don't think that's the the genesis behind that delay, but I get what you're saying. So No, but he's definitely a think before he speaks kind of guy. Oh, for sure. 
For sure. Whereas, ironically enough, the guy we're going to talk about today, Pacino, is just, just all scream and, and no thoughts. Well, that's the interesting thing. And you and I were kind of talking about this before we got started. He he um he wasn't always that way. He's very soft spoken in the beginning. I felt like he was he was higher voiced. I mean, it, there's different layers of Pacino because it's circa Godfather one and two, like seventies Pacino is up here. You know, it's all Fredo. You broke my heart. You know, and that was smart, huh? You know, and Attica, Attica, and this high pitched and and really it's uh, you know acting and whatnot, and then and and his his uh, his New York accent's really thick when he's younger. Yeah, it's, it's really kind of interesting. And then now, like sensible woman, he just sounds like fucking Foghorn Leghorn. Well, and I really feel like that was the turning point for his his performances like you know what i mean like the not the turning point but the 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 evolution well it's just it's just a it's a point in time it's a reference point where you can see a difference in the pacino you know what i mean (laughs) uh yeah i mean even like when he was doing shit and like uh, like well i think scarface is border that's fair let's back up a second because I'm sure people are, are smart enough to figure out, but what we're doing today is we're actually doing a deep dive into Al Pacino's career. So very similar to what we did with Tom Hanks several episodes back, we're going to be going over the life and times thereof of one Al Pacino. Now, Alfredo J. Pacino. Now, what we are going to do, and we do need to stress this, um, Rico and I both decided that while... The obvious one to talk about is The Godfather. We are probably going to be doing a deep dive into The Godfather in the future of the show and would rather not get into The Godfather too deeply today. So believe us when we say we recognize the not only the importance, but the the how well he performs in those movies, or at least the first... Well, actually, he's not the problem in the third one either, but that's another discussion. So, you know. The third one, just to get this joke out of the way, the third one is still a member of the family, but it's definitely the Fredo of the family. For sure, for sure. Um, So anyway, but that's that's what we're doing today. We're going to be going over a lot of Pacino's work and, and that kind of stuff, and... And a little bit of his life too. I'd like I'd like to start with his life as we tend to do when we do these things. You know, like start with the person before we get into the sure. filmography. Um, so as you've mentioned, he he was born in New York in uh, Harlem. Actually, I thought he was born in the Bronx. Mm-mm. According to this, he's born in East Harlem. Mm. Now you got to remember that in 1940, East Harlem was very different than what Harlem looks like today, or even in the 60s, for that matter. Sure, so. it, it was you know. Basically, all of New York was just mostly Little Italy. Yeah, with a few, with like one section for the Irish, I think you know Irish and, you Jews know. and like some sector like the Germans. It was yeah. really it was the four corners. Right. Well, I mean, almost. I mean, let's be real. The five corners. You know the the five had, points. Yeah. Yeah. Um, couple of things I'm seeing here. There's not a whole lot that stands out to me, but if you know some things you want to step into, please. But one of the things that I'm finding really interesting um, that jumps right out at me is that in his teenage years, he was actually known as Sonny. His friends called him Sonny. Yeah. Which, uh, considering I, I did, the movie we're not discussing, is a little ironic. <laughs> well, you know, Sonny was kind of that nickname, especially for Italian-Americans 
they would you know it was like Sonny Boy, like oh Sonny, you know. But it is kind of weird how his nickname was Sonny, and that I think I mean everyone I think for the Godfather auditioned for all the roles. Like Sonny was the flamboyant character, so I mean again we're not going to really talk about Godfather today, but we'll try to bring this subject up when we do it. At some point. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to ignore it completely, but it's certainly not going to get the deep dive that it deserves today. Well, to the to, to flip side, De Niro had a really interesting nickname when he was a kid. Do you know what his was? No. Bobby Milk. I think you've told me that before now that you say it, but I don't, I didn't retain that information. He was just a super pale fucking, you know, quarter guinea because he's only a quarter Italian, which is pretty funny. Right. Um, but speaking of which, um, I, I almost called him Sonny. Uh, Pacino, like, one of my favorite little bits of trivia about him is that his actual, his grandparents on his father's side, I believe, uh, came from Corleone, Sicily. Well, so you want to talk about being really connected to the fucking role. Yes. Right, right. It, yeah, he was known as Sonny, but, like, really, he was fucking born to play Michael Corleone. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any information here confirming or denying that on what I'm looking at. Oh, wait, there we go. Here we go. Yeah. Um, he moved, he, then he moved to the Bronx. So after he was born in Harlem, his parents divorced when he was two. Yeah. So he's like you. Um, three. I think it was three or four. Three yeah, or three. three. Okay. I, just based Close. on the timeline you gave us during the Mother's Day episode, it sounded <laughs> like two. Um, the difference is I don't think he, I think his dad actually just like fucked off. Like, uh, yeah, I don't think he, I think his dad's name was Salvatore. So Sal Pacino. Um, but I think he was raised prominently by his mother and his grandmother. Grandparents, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but his, who, mo- his mother's his, parents. On his mom's side, who, and those were the ones from Corleone, not his father's. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then his father was from San Fratello, Sicily, according to this. So he, he was Sicilian American. He wasn't Italian American, which is. The, There's a difference, different. yes. For yeah, and then according to this, he when his father fucked off to put it in your terms, he mm-hmm. went to Covina, California. I don't know where Covina is. Um, let's Steph, see. Have you ever heard of Covina, California? No, it's in it's... L.A. County, so it's must down by L.A. Um, County. Okay, well, it's in the San. So he really fucking fucked off. Yeah, no, he he fucked off, <laughs> dude. Like how that is. A clear indication that he did not want to be a father. Yeah, he it sounds that way. The other fucking side of the goddamn country. Yeah, well, it I'm seems surprised not. I'm surprised he didn't immigrate back to fucking Sicily. He's like, fuck that, fuck well, that. Yeah, right. <laughs> did you just throw Dino? Yeah, I did. Dino okay. was like fucking with my knee and scratching, and I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Well, that's you know, um, but yeah, so that's that. And then, like you said, raised by his grandparents and his mom. Um, one of my favorite bits of trivia is that when he was a kid, he worked at a movie theater and he got fired because he was admiring himself in the mirror. Uh, like he had a, he had a movie, he had like a, uh, movie theater kind of outfit and he was walking down a staircase and there was a whole thing of mirrors and he was standing and kind of admiring himself and he got fired for that. Interesting. It's not. It's not saying here, so I can't say. It's, but I remember reading in the trivia of uh, of Pacino's IMDb. 
Oh, I, I'm not saying whether you're wrong, that's but... true or not. It's still a pretty good. It's like, a urban cool legend. story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then the the thing that I find real interesting, the thing that intrigues me, at least besides his, his filmography, which obviously we're going to get into, is that he was very much involved in the actor studio, which is mm-hmm. we talked about pretty in depthly when James Lipton passed. Um, to the point where his mentor, one of his mentors. Uh, play was like he brought into Godfather Two. Yeah, well, uh, and it's and it's a pretty famous name. For, I just had it here. Give me a second, but it's a pretty famous name from the actor studio, actually. Lee Strasberg. Yeah, that's it. Lee Strasberg. Here it is. Um, and you've heard James Lipton in many episodes reference that name. So that's a you know, that's it's a, a top, pretty well. And, and, and to be fair, not to deep dive Godfather too much, it's impossible to not reference Godfather when we're talking about right. Pacino. We're just not going to if we don't hit on major points. That's why we mentioned that we're not really deep diving it tonight because we'll be getting into a lot more of it later. But yeah, right. Um, but that Strasberg's performance in Godfather Two is is very good because yeah. it's it's uh, uh, Hyman Roth and he's he's the the Meyer Lansky Jewish mobster of the Corleone Godfather world. And he's just laid back. He's not yelling. He's just all reserved. And you see everyone else who's kind of, everyone else is flashy in the Godfather movies, just kind of be intimidated into, you know, he just, just the, I'm just this old Jew and I'm here to tell you what's going on. You're just like, Oh yeah, we're listening. Motherfucker. (laughs) Now here's an interesting thing about the actor studio though for him. So he was already he was already acting as of age thirteen, not like professionally, but like doing underground stuff and plays right. and whatnot. Um, and was actually rejected by the actor studio the first time he applied. Mm-hmm. So, but then he he did get in, obviously. Um, yeah, eventually. And the the interesting thing to me at the end of this is that by 2010, along with Ellen Burstyn and Harvey Keitel, he's the co-president of the organization. Uh, yeah, I did actually remember reading that. I mean, there, if I think Ellen Burstyn was one of the earliest guests of inside. Could be. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I didn't really know too much of Ellen Burstyn, but I know she was, it's just another name. Act. Yeah, I don't know a lot about her, but I know she's a major contributor to the actor studio because, again, it's a name I've heard James Lipton mentioned multiple right. times during the show. Harvey so, Cartel, too. I mean, of course, yeah, but but the difference with all respect to Ellen Burson is a lot of people know who Harvey Cartel is. You know? mm, mo- most people know Harvey Cartel based on Pulp Fiction. Or Reservoir Dogs, if I'm really being honest. I would say like, Taxi Driver. I'm not saying driver. he doesn't have an extensive career, but I'm saying that's usually his go-to. I would say Taxi Driver, too, though, because he's in Taxi Driver. He is, but he's almost unrecognizable. Yeah, but that happens a lot with Kaitel. Like, he's almost unrecognizable in Once Upon a Time as well. Or no, not Once Upon a Time, but um, The Irishman. Well, he's also very brief in The Irishman. He's, but still, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but best, I mean, we will eventually get to the Irishman and I'm pretty sure we, I, we both, have we did talk about, about it. I watched. Yeah. We, we did it for, was it Paddy's day this year? I think we did it for Paddy's day episode. I actually don't remember. Um, so looking at his filmography early, early. Well, his first movie is me, Natalie, 
Never saw it. Never even heard of it. No, neither have I. The first one he's in that I've heard of, which is only his third fucking film, is The Godfather, is Michael Corleone. You know? Oh, you know, you never heard of The Panic at Needle Park? Mm-mm. No. It's him, it's him playing a junkie. It's really good. Okay. But, like, especially considering the fact that, apart from a movie we've never fucking heard in a fucking one episode of NYPD where he's known as John James. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> his, his character is, you see the early like hits of Pacino. Like I'm saying like way back in his fir- one of his first movies, he had it. He had the talent. He had the fucking Pacino depth and, and, and charisma and raw fucking rage. It was, it's a pretty intense performance. You know what's really interesting about it? I don't mean to interrupt you, buddy, but you know what's really interesting about his filmography to me that, mm. and this happens a lot. This is not just a Pacino kind of thing, but but Pacino, for sure, is he's only been in sixty-one films. Now that's that's a lot of movies. Don't get me wrong. No, but you see other guys like like I guarantee you, if I pulled up James Cromwell, he's probably a mm. triple digit. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, like these the, these heavy hitters like a Tom Hanks, like we did before, and Pacino tonight. You know, they're only in. You know, I mean, six. Not that sixty one's a small number, but do you get what I'm getting? I'm saying here, like you expect it to be more. I, I get because as much as you know Pacino, you expect it to be like twice that many. You know? I mean, I won't say Pacino's not picky because he did do Jack and Jill. Yeah, but. Let me put it this way. I think, you know, Robin Williams actually did a whole bit about Pacino where he talks about how they wanted to give him the Gene Hirschfeld award or something way Which back think, in like the, what? Yeah. No, I was going to say, I think he actually has it though. <laughs> yeah. Because that, that was when Robin Williams was giving his speech. He said, we wanted to give you this award because you made these five movies in the series of like five years. Right. Godfather, Serpico, Godfather Part Two, Dark Day Afternoon, uh, and I think that was basically oh, and like and Justice for All. He said, We wanted to give you the award, but that would have been like giving Macaulay Culkin an Oscar, you know, early in his career. <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> but like if you look at his early career, like Pacino's got a great career stemming fucking all the way decades. through yeah 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 um but like some of his early some of his best shit is his earliest shit like, yeah but he's got some really good latter ones too like I, i'm looking through here i can name i mean and you and i made you know not agree on some of these you sure. know but i mean obviously of his and we already referenced this but the turning point you know from old pacino to new pacino if you will has got to be sent of a woman yeah. You know. Um, He's not even old Pacino with that, but like, you know, because there's now old Pacino. Well, yes, but, but I mean, I mean old as in like your Michael Corleone soft spoken Pacino, because Scent of the Woman, Scent of a Woman, and yes, Scarface too, but it's definitely Scent of a Woman, you know. That, that speech at the end of Scent of a Woman when he's up on trial with Charlie. So I was just getting warmed up. You know, right. You know, and I take a flamethrower to this place. You know, like there's not a time that if that if I can catch that speech, I'll watch it. You know. You know, I did that speech for high school play. 
Did you get like, in trouble? <laughs> no, fuck no. I, 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 I did it. Um, but I had, because they were like, we need a good, well, like it was part of an acting exercise. We need a monologue. Mm. And I couldn't find just a good monologue because everybody else was doing like Jack Nicholson's, you, you can't handle the truth. And I was like, I don't want right. to be another that. Right. So I had to kind of find the, the script for, um, the, the, uh, center woman speech and tweak it to make it because there, it's a back and forth between him and the Dean and Trask. Yeah. And Trask. And I had to good memory. Damn. Oh dude. Um, I fucking love that scene. Let me tell you. Plus the that guy, movie, the whole movie is great. You no, know, it is. Plus the guy who plays Trask is just a douchebag. Almost every time I've seen, I've never seen him where he's not playing some kind of a douchebag. He's less of a douchebag in my cousin Vinny, but he's still a douchebag. Well, okay, yeah, but he's not right. You're, I'll give you that. You're right, but at the same time, like he's not a major player in my cousin Vinny. Like, every time I've seen him as a major player, let me put it that way, because he's a major yeah. player in Son of a Woman. He's a major player in the first Independence Day, and he's a douchebag in that. Yeah. Um, I mean, let, let's let's pay some respect. He did pass away. But like oh, he was he? great. I don't think he, I knew that. Yeah, I think uh, James Reborn. I think his name is. Oh, I remember seeing that. Now that you mention his name, yeah, yeah. Look, look, no. When I say he plays a douchebag, it doesn't mean I think he, the person, is a douchebag. I just think that he, right. he's really good at playing those those. Characters. I know, but let's not just typecast him as a douchebag. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Oh, My you bad. know that actor, great douchebag actor. <laughs> <laughs> um. um. No, Did but you ever see Serpico? I have not. No, and I, yes. I know. Look, there are two movies in his, meaning Pacino's, Re- right? Yes, thank you. That I have not seen. That people destroy me for having never seen. Serpico's right, well, one of them. What's the other one? Well, no. You, it sounds like you have a guess. Go ahead. Dog Day Afternoon. No, no, no. So I guess three. If you're gonna. <laughs> uh. I, Scarface? Yeah. Scarface, you can get a pass on. Because Scarface... Not from a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, those are just... If I can generalize, I'm assuming the people that are yelling at you for not seeing Scarface are like... They look at that movie in the wrong kind of fucking way. Um... I, I don't know what way they look. I know what you're implying, and I can't say. But what I can like, say is that they think it. Scarface out here, and I'm not saying it's not the same out there, but out here has a fucking cult following. Like, Oh, it definitely does here. Okay. And it, it, but I mean, like, you just go everywhere, and there's Scarface stuff. I would, you know what I, mean? I like, would imagine Carlito's Way having more of a cult following in your neck of the woods than. Uh, Scarface. I bet you if I went, that, I'll bet you if I went an hour and a half off the turnpike, probably, but not here. Well, you've seen Carlitos Way? No. Okay. So there's a lot of Pacino you haven't really there, seen. No, there is, but that's all, it's all early. You get into his latter stuff again, and I've seen a bunch of it. You know, Carlitos, I mean? so, Carlitos Way is 93. It's, it's way, it's later than Scarface. Scarface is 80. Carlitos yes. is 93. Right. No, so, yeah. Because another Carlitos one I... way is is like if 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 Scarface was Puerto Rican and living in the Bronx. Well, see, and that's one of the things people have, I've heard say stuff about Scarface is that they're not necessarily knocking Pacino, but they should have act 
cast a more ethically accurate actor to play the role because Pacino's this Italian guy from New York and, you know. I will say from what I've read, I mean, look, I'm not Cuban. I'm not like even from Florida. So I'm not an expert by any stretch of the means. But I did read that because Pacino cares about his craft, especially especially circa 90, you know, 1974 all the way to 94. We'll call it that. You know, because then he started slipping a little bit. Um, he, I could argue that, but all right, fair enough. He he wanted to be as authentic, so he hired like a Cuban guy to be his vocal coach. You know, so no, I'm sure I'm sure he took it seriously and handled it well. The the what's ha- what happens now? You know, living in 2019, 2020, and I I use both ears because it's kind of taking that transition but is you know people and we talked about this with that christmas song with baby it's cold outside like you know people are looking at it in you know now i 2020 goggles yeah, right or in the 2019 goggles and saying you know it wasn't ethically cast correctly whereas (sighs) you know in 1973 or yeah 70 you know 70 80 80 first scarface 83 83 and so for, you know, in 1983, it was perfectly okay to cast a Italian from the Bronx, you know. To be fair, there's a lot of Italians in that fucking movie. I'm sure there are. You got Robert Loggia. Okay. Yep. Uh, you got Mary Elizabeth, Mary, I think her name, it's Mary Elizabeth Antonio. I always get it wrong, but probably. I'm pulling up the cast for you right now. You get F. Murray Abraham, the guy who played Salieri in Amadeus. Yeah, F. Murray Abraham. Um, yeah, that guy's half Italian. Yep. No, I, I'm looking. Michelle and Pfeiffer's they're all playing in that fucking, fucking Cubans. Film. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer is in that film. She's not Italian. No, I, thank She's you. too tall. She's too tall. Yeah. Um, but yes. The only, the only authentic Cuban-American in that movie is the guy who plays Manny. If you've got the cast in front of you, it's... I do. Um, I'm trying to... Manny is Stephen Bauer. Yeah. So, he's the only one of Cuban descent of the principal cast. Fair enough. Um, so, I mean, even the movie was directed by Brian fucking De Palma. You want to talk about Italians, like... Yeah. And written by Oliver Stone, so... Not Italian. <laughs> French. Well, French and, like, right, Irish. Right, but not, some shit. not Cuban or... Hispanic, the point I was getting at. But if you're even going to the root source, Scarface was based on Al Capone and the original film of Scarface, because Scarface is a remake. Right. Is uh, is about Italian-American. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that that's a remake, honestly. But I mean, that's that's one of the few where I'm like, the remake is better. The original is great for a cinephile type of like film class kind of look. It's a great film. Sure. But Scarface the remake is infinitely more entertaining and and a lot of it is not just on Pacino it's you know Oliver Stone wrote that while curb like going through a cocaine addiction sounds right like he was trying to give up the shit and he was writing about it about a pyramid of cocaine on a table because I've seen that (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and again, because Robin Williams has got some of the best material about Pacino. He's just like anybody who has seen that movie and has fought 
through Peruvian de- uh, devil's dandruff knows that that is a fucking documentary. <laughs> Yeah, I could see Robin saying that. Yeah. Um, well, when we get to it, I um, you were talking about Robin having all these bits about, well, just in general, but Pacino for sure. Yeah. Um, Jamie Foxx has quite a few things to say about him too. The, you're talking about the juice. The yeah. Juice? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I'm looking, I'm looking at the description here for Dog Day Afternoon, another one I haven't seen, unfortunately. Um. Yeah, it reminds me of a well, the movie I'm going to reference would be a variation on this, not the other way around, because it came out long after Dog Day. Mm-hmm. But John Q with Denzel. When he, I never, I know of it, but I've never seen John Q. <clears throat> well, the the premise behind John Q is that he he like takes a hospital hostage to get his son the care that he needs because he's like dying. According uh, yeah. to this. No, no, hear me out. According to this, the dog day afternoon, a man robs a bank to pay for his lover's operation, which turns into a hostage situation. Same kind of idea. Like, he wasn't trying, John Q wasn't trying to have hostages per se. He was just trying to get attention, you know, and well, having hostages. So. Can you tell me without, because I do want to see John Q. Can you tell me if John Q becomes a comedy at any point, like him interacting with the hostages? He definitely interacts with them. I don't remember. I don't remember really ever becoming funny though. Yeah. Or do, do they become friendly with each other? Yeah, to a degree, sure. But that happens a lot. That's a trope in hostage movies in general. But I would the- argue that Dog Day started it. And well, the crazy sure. thing, the, I don't know if John Q is based on actual events, but Dog Day is. I think it is actually. I'll, I'll check, so, but I could be wrong. I'll give you another little interesting thing. Pacino's character's name is Sonny. In oh, in Dog, Dog Day? Oh, there you go. And the crazy thing is, is that the real Sonny, wh- because the whole, like, what happens, happens in the movie, and and honestly, CJ, you really need to see it, because it's, it's not like, oh, it's gonna be this really fucking long, like, it's not like, oh, Rico wants me to watch this, like, you will fucking thoroughly enjoy it, because it's, it's wacky. Because it is what that description is. But then it becomes something so much crazier where you just are watching Pacino and John Cazale, who plays Fredo in the Godfather movies, he plays his partner. And they are struggling and fucking up immediately. And they had this whole thing planned. It just falls to shit immediately. And then they're stuck. They're stuck in this bank with all these hostages. And they become friendly. Like at one point, Pacino is teaching one of the uh, clerks, and it's it's the majority of the hostages are women. Okay, and he's showing he's showing one of them how to do like the rifle kick and spin baton thing. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! 
Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. That like in the army teaches you? Meaning he's letting her hold through the rifle. <laughs> like he's like that's my point is that there's now this whole it's like weird Stockholm syndrome on a very early basis. It's not like it's been going on for days. It's just like three hours later, they're just like, Hey, uh hey, uh, can we get some pizza in here? We got some people that want some pizza. It's and he's like it, interacting with like the FBI agents out shit out, outside. It's really funny. It sounds like a more serious version of again, this movie's long after dog day, so please I get that for those listening, but like airheads. Because airheads start, you know what I mean? Because it starts yeah. pretty serious and gets pretty funny pretty quick. You know what I mean? It's still, it's it has levels. Uh, it's it's an emotional fucking ride because it is, it is like an underrated comedy, but it's also a serious drama because there's a whole part part where he he's aware that he could be gunned down with you know if he gets near a window. So at one point he has someone dictate his uh, last will and testament and it's really emotional and if i remember reading correctly it was done in one fucking take and he's that and good i mean he's, he's that good and there's a lot of improvisation dude i have to spoil one fucking part of dog day sure i mean yeah that's fine because john Cazales, and you want to talk about a an underrated talent and a really lost talent is the guy who played fredo in, in the oh, yeah, John he was Cazale. only in, what, like five movies before he died, five something movies, like that? Five movies, and he died of, like, bone cancer. Um, but he is terrific in as he plays uh, Sal in Dog Day. He plays the, and he's got, like, long, like, like, really, like, 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 almost, like, dental, like, candy floss hair. Like, it's really part in the middle, and it looks super soft, and, and, um, Al, uh, asks him, he's like, you know, so where do you want to go? You know, they can. I'm going to have them bring a helicopter and we can get out of here. You know, go anywhere in the country. Where do you want to go? And this whole thing was improvised. And John Cazale says, Wyoming. He's like, no, no, no. I don't think you understand. Like, you want to go to, you can go anywhere. You can go to, you can go to Italy. You can go to, you can go to, you know, Denmark. You, you, where do you want to go? He's like, Wyoming. He's like, no, I mean, what country do you want to go to? He's like, Wyoming. It's so funny. It's kind of like, it goes back to a movie I've mentioned multiple times on the show, but um, Hunt for October. Mm-hmm. You've you've seen it, right? I forget. Yeah, I've seen it, but it's been a fucking minute. It's but been there, like ten minutes. This one, this one, this part you might remember. There's a sequence between um, Sean Connery and his first mate, who is the guy from Jurassic Park, and his name escapes me right now. Sam Neill. Sam, Sam Neill. Thank you. They're sitting, it's just the two of them in, in Connery's cabin talking about what it'll be like when they get to the new world. And and Sam Neill's describing with what he wants to do, like where he wants mm-hmm. to live. And he's like, I think I will live in Montana. And he's like, and like Montana, really? Of all mm-hmm. the places in America, you're going to go to Montana? I mean, it to be fair, surprise- it's, probably the, it's probably the closest thing to Russia that we have short of Alaska. But... <laughs> Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that in itself was a reference to Dog Day. It could be. Oh, it absolutely could be. Which is one of the reasons why I brought it up because it could have been. You know. So. Uh. Also, you got a very young Lance Henriksen in Dog Day. Okay. You you would recognize Lance. He's um, very. 
looking sharp now. featured character actor, usually playing despicable fucking guys. He was um, uh, alien. He was an alien. Well, you never saw a fucking alien. Um, <laughs> uh, the quick and the dead. Uh, I'm looking at his. I'm looking at his IMDb, and he's in a bunch of movies I should have seen, like Terminator and what an Terminator. Dead man. Nope. Oh, dead man's quiet. Um, so back he, to he was a voice in a game I played for what that's worth. Uh, he's got a very distinct, like gravelly voice. Um, so there, there's, there is some late seventies, eighties Pacino that I actually have yet to see. Like, um, how dare you? I know. I haven't seen the infamous cruising. Do you know about the movie cruising? Mm. If I remember correctly, he plays a detective and he, all right, let me just read the description. A police detective goes undercover in the underground S and M gay subculture of New York city to catch a serial killer. Who's preying on gay men. As you do, you know, as you do. I mean, that's, that's a really interesting thing because there, that's not a movie that would like, you would think Pacino would do. In yeah, theory. No, right, right. Um, and to be fair, that's not a movie that most you would think would you could see that being made now. Sure, but like sure. you know, in the eighties during the AIDS crisis, I I guess that they were like, I just it's just weird. Like I didn't know Pacino was like, like that was probably his most experimental film that he had done. So uh, just getting back to that character actor you mentioned a few minutes ago. Hmm. I want to just give you a nice laugh because I feel like I like to try to crack you up at least once per episode, and this one's probably going to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking at this guy's IMDb, and yes, he's been on the X Files like as a, a character once, so I probably saw that. But in terms of movies, there's two movies that I've seen that he's been in. You're talking about Hendrickson, yeah? Yeah. Okay. You ready for this? Mm hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with the less ridiculous first, even though it's out of order, and that's Powder. The fuck is Powder? Powder's a movie about a kid who's born during an electrical storm, and then it basically is albino. Um, he's got and, and he's got alopecia, so he's got no hair, and he's all white. Um, and his sounds family... Like, sounds, like, sounds like Casper, to be honest. Well, no. But his family basically... They didn't lock him in a basement, but they kept him hidden from the the town and the kids because it's 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 like a um Edward Scissorhands in that regard. You know, like he yeah. would get yeah. Um it's a, it's a it's a tragic story. Right. And he plays the sheriff who finds him. The okay. the character actor he took me. He also plays a character in the Super Mario Brothers movie with Bob Hoskins. That's right. <laughs> I, that's, I forgot about that. So, because Dennis Hopper completely steals the fucking movie. Well I don't know about that, but as Koopa? Yeah, he does. Yeah, I don't know about steals the movie. He's definitely a big part of it. But yeah, I mean, looking at this guy's character, though, or his... his Filmography. <laughs> Filmography. It's the only thing he's been in movie-wise that I've seen. You got to see some Lance Henriksen. You also got to see some fucking Pacino, buddy. You got to see, you got to see Dog Day Afternoon. Like, that's a movie that I would fucking... Like if you if it's on like Amazon Prime or some shit, and you have I was to just, pay five dollars. You should do it. I was just looking. I couldn't find a free copy, but I'll have to do some more digging. Um, 
I would even be willing to fucking buy you a copy on like Blu-ray or some shit and have it mailed to you. <laughs> well, that's up to that, you. That's how much I give a fuck. I see that you give a fuck. Um, I, I give a fuck. But back to Al Pacino, since that's the guy we're supposed to be talking about. Yeah. Didn't you, wait, real quick, jumping way ahead, didn't you tell me, to, uh, wasn't there some curse on the Shakespeare movie that they keep trying to make it and it, people like keep dying every time they're trying to make it? Mm-mm. I was telling you about Fatty Arbuckle. Okay. Fatty Arbuckle was that fat, silent comedian, and they kept trying to make a movie about his life. And we, J- John Candy, John Belushi, right. Chris Farley all tried. There is, then, there, is, there is some kind of curse centered around a, a Shakespearean... You're thinking of Macbeth. And okay, Macbeth that's it, yeah. is, is, is considered... It's not a curse. It's just considered bad luck to say the name Macbeth, even if you're in Macbeth. And they refer to it as the Scottish play. Okay. The reason I was asking you, because he's, he's in and now... Venice. Well, no, but announced he's in King Lear as King Lear. You know, I have, I know he was in Merchant of Venice, and he plays Shylock, and I'm, I'm, I'm not even really a big Shakespeare fan. Get it, am I? I kind of have purposely avoided wanting to see Pacino do fucking Shakespeare because I'm sure he's brilliant, but I can't look at it and be like, that's that's fucking like, that's hoo ha. Like, what <laughs> the fuck? Um, you know but getting back to where we were in his timeline like a movie that i take a lot of crap for for not having seen in the circles that i hang out in especially for work is glengarry glenn ross glengarry glenn ross one has a fucking hard name to say like, hey, have you seen that movie, Glenn Ross? It's really, it's you always like kind of muffle it. Every even for me, I'm like Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. It's one of those ones you have to think about each fucking word as you're saying it. Um, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross is a great film. Pacino is good in it. Jack Lemmon is great in it. Kevin Spacey is great in it. But none of them compared to how fucking badass Alec Baldwin is in that movie. Right. The movie. The movie's fine. It's a great theater piece on film it's a great dialogue story actors piece but it's it's a drama for the sake of being dramatic like you really don't give a shit about what these actors are going through that much it's i mean it's i think everybody should see it once and then have their own take on it for me it it was a little boring it was a little slow but like once it goes. It's really interesting, but at no point is it. It's definitely one of the most low key Pacino films ever. He he is not raging Pacino. He right. is well, low key. Uh, let me tell you about that. Well, and and you know we talked about Scent of a Woman being the the turning point for that, but I would actually argue there's one that maybe right before that that was a that could be too. And when he plays Big Boy Caprice and Dick Tracy. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's definitely the hammy Pacino. Yeah. That, the whole movie is a weird acid trip for me. I, I fucking like that movie. I'm not telling you it's great, but I just it's one I really enjoy. You know, I'm not saying I hate it. I'm just saying it's weird. It's like a Tim oh, it's Burton way movie. fucking weird. Yeah. It's even weirder because Warren Beatty not only stars in it, but he directed it. Yeah. And then you like, got Madonna. It looks like a weird. You know. It looks like a Tim Burton movie that he didn't do 
You know what? It, you know what it really looks like. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right about that. But you know what I'll say? It looks like is um an early version of Sin City, like or like a or like a flip version of Sin City because it's yeah, very extreme. Yeah. Do you know what a I mean? Very- a very colorful Sin City. Right, exactly. But like that, but extreme. Like as extreme as Sin City is with the black and white, it's oppositely as extreme with the color. It's yeah. it's jarring because especially like Dick Tracy's yellow fucking outfit. Right. Well, all the gangsters, they each have like a color, if you remember. Right. Yeah. So But I mean it's jarring for to see like a yellow trench coat and like not see Curious George running fucking next to him. But what's really interesting about that for me in terms of Pacino is you watch that and you don't see Pacino. Like, you do, but you don't. You know what you I mean? Hear, like, you hear Pacino, but you don't see Pacino. Right, but as someone who saw this not long after it came out in 1990, so I would have been, like, somewhere around 12 or 13 probably when I saw it. Mm. I don't know who the fuck Pacino is at that age. I mean, it's just not... I, I, I was never the movie guy you were in that regard. Do you know what I mean? Right, so, like, Pacino... Right. Like, actors and who they were didn't, like... You know, you were like, oh, that's the guy from the Scarface cover that I saw at the video. Store. I probably didn't even know that, honestly. But you know, but, like, okay, like I wouldn't have recognized him at all. But even going back now and watching it, he doesn't look like Pacino the way you know Pacino. Well, you it's know. all exaggerated and everything. For but sure. Like, yeah. If I remember correctly, because he was offered Goodfellas, like Scorsese and De Niro wanted to work with him way back. I think they wanted him to be. The Paul Servino role. Okay. The, I've, I've the, only seen the, Goodfellas once, so I really don't remember the, the casting that well. So I um and I think Pacino wanted to do it and he regrets turning it down, and that's why he did the Irishman as sort of a an apology to Scorsese. <laughs> uh, but he at the same time he was doing uh Dick Tracy. Okay. And so both they're both playing I mean it's a mobster I don't know, dude. Dick Trace is a weird because I I think I'm on to something. It's like a it's a Tim Burton movie that he didn't do because even fucking Danny Elfman did the score. Which, by the way, did you see about our friends over at Lilo Multiprops? Yes. Um, I'm really trying hard not to ask for special favors. <laughs> well, that's probably a good idea. But, yeah. Um, um, I didn't know my erection could get that big. Well, for, first they nail Keaton. And then they get Danny Elfman, like, dude, it's just not even fair. Well, it happens. Uh, According to this, like you said, it was directed by Warren Beatty, written by Chester Gold. I don't know who the fuck Chester Gold is. Yeah, I'm not familiar with him either. Um, I don't know why, but you just remind me a random bit of trivia about Tim Curry. I don't know why. Sure. You know how like Tim Curry's got a big ass smile on his face? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what part of England he's from? No. Cheshire. That makes sense. Sure. Right? That dude is a fucking Cheshire cat. Well, I mean, uh, unfortunately, the stroke kind of prevented, it sort of stopped that. Okay, so Chester Gold is actually the creator of Dick Tracy. So he wrote his a screenplay based on no, his... No, he died five years before the movie was made. My guess is they gave him a writing credit since he created all the characters and the basic concept for the, for the strip. And that makes they, sense. And then they, you know, adapted from that. So, 
Sure. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years, because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just gotta turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Which was created by, you know, Siegel and Schuster and Bob oh. Finger and, you know, well, Bill Finger and Bob Kane. Damn it. I always do that. I always yeah, I know. Bob <laughs> it's all right. Fuck. But, I always do that. Uh, you do. You do. But it's all right. No, but uh, they went a step further and it looks like they actually gave him like a writing credit. But it looks like Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. are the guys who wrote the actual story for the movie. Well, maybe it was going into development for that long. It's, it's possible that it was taking I, over five years to fucking do. It is possible. Sure, um, but he died you, in '85. So, just do you remember there. Dustin Hoffman in Dick Tracy? No, but it's been so long since I've seen that movie. He he plays the gangster Mumbles, I think. Is he playing? Well, that, you know what? That feels kind of accurate, though. I can't lie. Like, uh, I mean, Dustin Hoffman is not known for enunciating very well. Well, that's my point. Yeah. Here's my here's my best Dustin Hoffman. Mr. Robinson, are you Ironically, it's not far off from your Harrison Ford. Um, no, Harrison Ford sounds more hungover. Yeah. And you, you talked about how... Um, here's anything interesting, though, for you, because you said that Pacino was supposed to play the Paul Servino role in Goodfellas. Did I hear you oh, say like, that right? I, I could, yeah, I couldn't tell if it was Paul Servino or if he was offered the De Niro role. Because Paul, Paul Servino actually is in Dick Tracy. Well, Paul Servino had... Well, then it might be possible that Pacino was offered the De Niro role in Goodfellas because Paul Servino didn't like he's in Goodfellas pretty prominently, but like it, not a lot. Like he's just like, hey, we need you for this one scene. And they're both movies were probably filmed in fucking New York. So he's just like driving for 10 minutes. He's on set, you know, Jesus look at his back. Holy shit! There's a I didn't realize how many heavy hitters were in fucking Dick Tracy. Like I'm looking. Oh yeah. At even like, like oh my god, like Henry Silva. Like I'm pretty sure Henry Silva. Yeah, in it. he's in it. James Conn's in it. Um, James Conn's in it. Yeah, he's what? Spaldoni. Um, Spaldoni. Dick Van Dyke is in this. Catherine O'Hara oh, is in this. Kathy Bates is in this. Uh, I mean, there's some heavy fucking hitters in this goddamn movie. Lou Horn. I know a lot very of young William Forsyth, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Charles Durning. Charles Durning. He's in uh, Dog Day. Yep. He's uh, great. Mandy Patinkin. Char Mandy fucking Patinkin. Charles Fleischer. Do you know who yeah. that is? Yeah, I, yeah. Roger fucking Rabbit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Paul Servino. Robert Costanzo. John Mashita. Dustin Hoffman and Kathy Bates. There's just a lot of heavy hitters in this fucking movie. Jesus Christ. Cole Meany. 
Yeah, yeah. he's good. Yeah. Catherine O'Hara. Holy yeah, shit! I said that. I know. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just seeing it a second. I, I just don't believe this. Like this is a movie that exists. This is a movie that exists and should have done way better than I think it did. <laughs> I think it actually won an Oscar. If I'm being did it really? If I, if, yeah, I think it won an Oscar. It might be for like I, or, makeup or set design or something like that. I actually, I want to say, like, I think, I think Warren Beatty was nominated for an Oscar. I'm trying to find now, but anyway, yeah, we're not talking Dick Tracy today, but I just, I couldn't help but look at this and be like, holy shit. Uh, we got to go back to Sentable One because it is the only movie where Pacino won an Oscar. It's the only one. Only one. That's crazy. That is crazy. (laughs) Like, he really, in all honesty, he should have at least won for Godfather 2. He should have won for Dog Day Afternoon. Serpico, I mean, like Robin Williams says, like, you couldn't have given these motherfucker Oscars this early in his career. It wouldn't have been fair. Right, right. But, God damn, dude. Like, even he earned an Oscar in Donnie Brasco, which you saw recently. No, I didn't. I thought you said you saw Donnie Brasco recently. Mm-mm. No, you I'm, didn't. I've never someone seen that told, movie. Someone told me. Uh, well, I saw Donnie. Oh, someone else told me they saw Donnie Brasco. Oh, that's my fault. You've never seen Donnie Brasco? Uh-uh. Shit, dude. You gotta see Donnie Brasco. <laughs> no, no, no. In all seriousness, I know I'm gonna sound like a real dick here, but it is... Even what though it's from 1997... Shut the fuck up, CJ. <laughs> I knew you were... I, I saw you, like, about to say some <laughs> shit. It is probably one of his last great performances. Like oh, no, nothing against, yeah. Hmm. Donnie Brasco is clearly like, what if Pacino was in Goodfellas? Like it is, it's a mob movie, and it's a true story. And Johnny Depp plays a uh, FBI agent who infiltrates the mafia. To the point where he almost gets made. And in the mafia world, when you get vouched by a mobster. Yeah, you told me this part before. I remember this. So so Pacino plays the voucher. He plays Lefty Ruggiero. Gotcha. And he and so it's this weird mentor uh mentee type of relationship. And I found out mentee is a fucking word, so don't it correct is. me. No, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um but he is he is terrific in it. It is truly a fucking uh, incredible performance. Can we back up to Dick Tracy for just a second and just to tie that off? Sure. No, because you mentioned awards, so I, I looked it up and I wanted to, to get you the, the awards. That's okay. all. Um, Beatty was not nominated for anything, just as a heads up. At least okay. not according to this. And I'm only talking the Academy Awards. I'm not talking any of the BAFTAs or any of that stuff. Sure. So, um, Richard Silbert and Rick Simpson won for Best Art Direction. Okay. And John Caglione and Doug Drexler won for Best Makeup. So you were right. It was pretty much what you kind of predicted. And Steven Sodenheim won for Best Original Song. Steve Sodenheim? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know uh, he had anything Madonna to do sang the song, but it was I guess he wrote it. Um, Steven Sodenheim is a is a... Oh, I know he musical. is. Yeah, right, okay. I'm, I'm familiar with him. Now, here's the thing that you would find right now. Well, I'll jump to that in a minute. But now, Pacino was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Did not get it, but he was nominated. Um, 
That's what it was. Costume design and cinematography were also they were also nominated for. And yeah, that's it for the Academy Awards. Now, here's it real quick, just to finish and I'm done. But you'll mm-hmm. find this really interesting. Tied with Black Panther is the only comic book movie nominated um well with three Oscar wins, actually. That's nuts. And right. really kind of fucking sad, to be honest. Well, a little sad, yes, but also really kind of interesting that it like it took till Black Panther to get another comic book movie to get three not three wins. I mean, I yeah, it, I mean, it's it is kind of surprising that like the Dark Knight. The only like, thing that was up do, for, I believe, was um, obvious best best sporting, yeah. And yeah, and I think it might have gotten makeup. I think it was the only nominations that movie got that year. Which is, I mean, look, we were fucking biased, but like, I don't, I don't remember what came out in 2008 to compare to The Dark Knight, but, or, or most comic book movies like that come out around that time. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought I would share that with you because I thought you'd be curious to hear, you know. So did you know that Scent of a Woman was actually, is also a, uh, a remake? No, I did not actually. It is a remake of an Italian film called, uh, I mean, it's called Scent of a Woman, but like it's Parfumo, Parfumo di Donna. So Perfume of a Woman, but Scent of a Woman, essentially. Right. It's weird. It's, it's, weird. it's no, it, it, I mean, I've seen it and in, uh, in the most basic form, it is a remake because it is about a blind rapscallion of a dude. Who yeah. loves women and, and is charming in his own way. But it's kind of, it's just a more European version. Like, there's a part where he kind of, like, the old Italian blind dude sort of finagles, like, he's like, I need to go to, I need to take a leak. And he kind of finagles a woman to, like, hold his dick so he could, like, piss in the toilet so she could aim for him. Interesting. Not really. No. It, right. It's not as interesting as just, like, I want you to hold my dick. Well, yeah, true. Thankfully, I mean, I would have loved to have seen Pachita pull that off. But he, I, I loved the chemistry between him and Chris O'Donnell in that movie as well. I thought under underrated Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, there's a lot of good underrated. Like you got a very young Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yep. Yeah, but he's he's not in it as much. Obviously, you know what I mean. I rewatched it pretty. Fairly re- like within the past year, he's oh, in it more than we think he is. Well, in the very beginning and then at the end, but there's that whole middle sequence in New York where he doesn't really appear. But we hear his voice once. Once, I think we hear it twice. Might be right. I'm saying I'm saying he's layered. He and and they're always sure. talking about his character. Sure. sure, you know all the the heavy weight on Charlie's shoulders and shit. You know, so they refer to he, he's a he's another important character that you don't see that often. By the way, when you did this monologue in your, I know you said you tweaked it because it's not exactly yeah. a monologue, but did you leave out the part where he calls out the three guys in the audience? No, I kept that in. So you were like, I forget their names, but uh, uh, you know, do you want me to just do it? Not really. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You said yes. <laughs> no, no, I did uh, not. No. I, I thought you said yes. No. I, hold on. I, I, I'm getting some interference. Sounds like you said you want me to keep doing this. So let me. <laughs> no more yells out, fuck you too. What is, uh, well, one of my favorite parts is he was like, this is such a crock. Crock. Oh, shit. Right. Yeah. 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 Excuse me? No. 
I don't think I, I will. I don't think I will. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Uh, you know what? I never seen. Go ahead. I thought it. Harry, Jimmy, Trent, wherever you are, fuck you too. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Part of that. You know, there's a lot of great parts of that movie. There really are. But another great sequence is actually really at the end when the the female professor comes running out to him at the end before they leave. And that whole interaction between him and her, I find to be really, really intriguing. You know, it, it is really interesting because she has gotten a resurgence of a career. She's more famous now as an older woman than she was as a actress in which happens yeah she is prominently known in the american horror story shows okay and now more than ever her name is Frances conroy um she is she played the joker's mom in joaquin phoenix's joker ah which by the way is coming to hbo like next week oh so you're is that when you're gonna finally not watch it (laughs) yeah exactly actually um a, a friend of the show if you will a uh, mm. guy named Greg that I've become close with on one of the podcast things I'm on on Discord actually gave me access to a his movie database. And so mm. he's got a lot of movies in there that I, I have not seen yet. Joker's in there and I'm... Is Dog Day in there? It is not. I looked. Fuck! I looked, yeah. Um, but I did watch, very quickly, I watched Rush with um, Chris Hemsworth. And so you got Thor and... Uh, Zemo. Zemo, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the actor's name, so I apologize to him. But yeah, I yeah. Rule. Um, But it was actually really good. I enjoyed that. And then I actually saw Bad Boys 3, which... <laughs> actually, it, it's it's not terrible. The second one's still the best, and it's still better than the first one, in my opinion. But That should be on the yeah. fucking tagline. It's not terrible. <laughs> Bad anyway, Boys 3, it's not, not terrible. Not terrible. Um... Getting back to this though, yeah, no, um, said, but even even like just the whole sequence with Manny as the driver, I was always a fan of that. Like it's just a good movie. I mean, Send a Woman. I sometimes feel like it's underrated. Am I am I incorrect in that? Um, no, because it's not. You know, I I've heard both sides say it's underrated and then it's overrated. I think it's overrated in the sense that it is Pacino's only Oscar win, so it's always referenced and always talked about. Sure. Uh, I would also say it's underrated for the exact same reason, because it is his only win. Right. But here's the other thing I would say about it. Forgetting the Pacino part of it, obviously, him being the star, you can't ignore him. But my point is that, like... That sequence that we keep referencing with him and the the principal or the dean is very, very similar to the scene you also reference in any given or not any given um few good men. Like it's it's that level of, you know, like if they're doing a montage of like great cinematic scene, that should be a part of it. You know what I mean? Every mm-hmm. time. You know. As much as you can't handle the truth, you know, that they it's definitely one of the best courtroom scenes for sure for not being a courtroom, right? Because he, cause uh, he, he even say, if you remember, at one point, he even says, uh, What is this, a courtroom? and he goes, Well, as close as we can get to it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I love how he calls them uh, minnows. Oh, yeah, yeah. My so here, 
the the only complaint I have with the movie, or the the, the only one that jumps right to the front of my head anyway, is mm-hmm. after Charlie's Charlie's exonerated, like after the the disciplinary committee excuses him from all of it, just like he never had nothing to do with it. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. The crowd goes fucking apeshit. And there are kids that act like they've known him his entire life, just like freaking out. That are clearly years younger than him, and have probably never said two words to him before that. Um, so you have a problem with sort of them being fake? Yeah, it just felt it felt. I I know what they were they were going for a feel when they shot they're, that, they're, and they got it. But they were going for triumphant when it didn't seem natural. Right. Yeah, it's kind of what it was. Yeah. If I can argue, I would say that they're. There are those assholes that are like um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character and Trip and all those those rich yeah. douchebags. I would also argue that there is some that have to pay their way and some who have to work their way to be in that school. Oh, and sure. that probably can look around and see that this is some injustice bullshit. No, but, there, but there, there's one kid. To say anything. There's this one kid who's clearly at best a freshman. In this school, because if I'm right, it's only a high school, so it's just four years. Sure, he's at best a freshman. Okay, and they they whether they did it on purpose or not, they zoomed in on this kid, and he's acting like he's Charlie's best friend. So it's it may be a case of like overacting by an extra, but it it just didn't. You know what it is? Is they're just all happy to be there in the presence of Pacino. Well, sure. I mean, come on. Look, even if you are like on the I'm a rich douchebag kind of side, the speech Pacino gives is so riveting. You're like, I'm a liberal, motherfuckers. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. You could just be sucked into that bullshit. I um, love, I really loved, I'll tell you right now. So the first time I saw Sin of a Woman, I had no idea who Pacino was. Like, like that, okay. the name, again, it goes back to what I was saying to you earlier. Like, I just didn't know actors. Like, I recognized faces, but, like, I didn't know, you know. Right. And he, I I've do. seen other, I've seen other people play blind characters. Mm-hmm. And he's probably the most convincing, or maybe the second most convincing blind character that I've ever seen. Number one is Charlie Cox's Daredevil. No, actually, uh, he doesn't. No, even he's not all that convincing to me. More so is um, Nicholas Totero and Sneakers. 
Or no, is it? No, maybe I made it the wrong actor. Hold on, it's John not Nicholas Turturro. No, I'll. He he looks. The guy I'm thinking of looks like John Turturro, but he's not John Turturro. It's not John Leguizamo. Mm-mm. No. Okay. He. Um, hold on, I'm getting his name for you right now. One second, because I know exactly how to find him. Um, David Strathairn. Strathairn. I don't know how to say this last name. Oh, I know who you're talking about. The guy from. I know who you're talking about. He's from Goodbye and Good, uh, Good Night and Good Luck. Oh, I, I don't know. but I know who you're talking about. Um, this guy's a bit of a character actor again. You would have seen him in stuff. I guarantee I, it. I, I've seen him in... Uh, he was really good in Dolores Claiborne. Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, the only other thing I can, off the top of my head, tell you... Oh, he's in the Bourne mo- movies. He's in the Bourne Ultimatum, the third one. Mm-hmm. He's like the main bad guy working at the CIA, Noah mm-hmm. Bosin. Um, he's also, I remember him right off the top of my head from The League of Their Own. He's the guy that runs the, the league. Yeah, that's not, true. Not um, Frank Marshall's character, but the guy right below him, like in the, the hierarchy, if you will. You know, But that guy, mm-hmm. that guy, why did I bring him up? I brought him, oh, he because he plays a blind guy in sneakers. Right. And he does a really good job there, too. Of of that portrayal, so. Mm-hmm. Um, Cinema Woman has got is a great fucking it's a great goddamn movie. I mean, it is just. I mean, you see why he won his Oscar. Yeah, you also kind of like this is kind of the gimme Oscar. This is kind of like we owe you one. Oh, for a, sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's um, you know up to that point with all the other roles he'd been in to not get them. You know, so I mean, according to Wiki, he's been nominated a ton, uh, nine Oscar nominations, and he's only mm-hmm. won the one. Will you do a uh, an acting thing with me? Do I have to? You don't have to. You can say no, but then it'll be on the recording that you turned down. I might be okay with that. Okay. <laughs> no. Real because quick, the next wanna... movie I want to talk. Well, Before you get into his movies, about... though, do you want to know what movies he was nominated for at the Academy only? Do you want to know those or no? Sure. Okay. So, in The Godfather, believe it or not, it's supporting actor in the original Godfather, the first one. Yeah. Uh, and Brando won for best actor. Um, Which he turned down. You're, and then in Serpico, Godfather 2, Dog Day, and, and Justice for All. Yeah. He's best actor. Yeah, then, yeah. I mean, like I said, they wanted to give him the Oscar way back when. And then going back to supporting actor for Dick Tracy and Glengarry, Glenn Ross. Yeah, he's not super prominent in Glengarry. Um, ironically, what I don't think I realized was that he was nominated that same year for Scent of a Woman. So in, in 93, he was nominated for supporting and best actor. 93 was a good year for him. Yeah. Um, obviously, he won for Sin of a Woman. Here's an interesting thing, though, and I don't think I knew this, so I pulled this list up. He then again was not nominated until this year for, for the Irishman. Irishman. Yeah. So you're talking a, a good chunk of time with no nominations. Seven, 27 years. 27 years, yeah. Yeah. So. Jesus, just almost an interesting, 30 years without a nomination. Yeah. I mean... It, doesn't mean he did shit work. He just <laughs> he didn't do great work. No, but he did. I mean, he did. He did fun work. Cause like, look, look, I'm not saying that you know 
Colonel Slade isn't a great character and fun to watch, and I'm sure he's great in Carlita's Way and in Donnie Brasco, but, you know, again, but, you know, he should have been nominated for Donnie Brasco, if I'm being honest. Fair enough, and I can't argue that. I would argue he should have been nominated for The Devil's Advocate. He might be the yeah. one of the best on-screen devils ever. I would say that, but like, it's not even a, it's not a perfect film, but his performance is, his performance is, is true Pacino. So you're looking at what I sent you. And I'm worried about what I'm looking at. So it's, it's, there's a part in Heat, which is the first pairing, official pairing of De Niro and Pacino together. Because they were both in Godfather 2, but one played the flashback father right. of the other. Right, right. And then they were both in Righteous Kill together, and then eventually The Irishman. But Heat was the movie that, like, we saw these two legends that we kind of rivaled against each other in a movie together. And Pacino plays a cop, and De Niro plays a criminal. Uh, he plays the bank robber. And they both are aware of each other and they both have like a mutual respect. And I'm only giving you this because I'm pretty positive you've never seen Heat. Nope, nope. You should see Heat. And if you could, I would be very, very appreciative if you would take on the role of Neil and I'll be Hannah. It's a very short blurb. There's just a little fucking, it's just one little thing where they're in a coffee shop and they're both... um, and they're just they're just sort of talking and being open about their weird kind of relationship. I'm telling you I'm right telling now, this is our audience is about to see why I was a narrator on Batman Alone. That's all I'm saying. Just, just take your time. You don't have to fucking pull out your De Niro. I, no, just, I wasn't planning on it. I just hope so I don't have to say Wayne Manor. Um, <laughs> so you're playing Neil. Okay. And I'll play, and I'll play Hannah. Why are we doing this again? Just because so I, know. I want to stretch my Pacino because it's actually just a really good comparison of the okay. two of them. Because it's fucking fun. <clears throat> We're sitting here like a couple of regular fellas. You do what you do. I do what I gotta do. What happens if I'm there and I gotta put you away? I won't like it. But if it's between you and some poor bastard whose wife you're gonna make her to a widow, brother. You are going down because you don't have to be there. You could have gone and been a mailman. There's a flip side to that coin. What if you got me boxed in and I got to put you down? Because no matter what, you will not get in my way. But now that we've been face to face, I would not feel good about that. But I won't hesitate. Not for one second. Maybe it'll happen that way. Who knows? Maybe we'll never see each other again. And seed. <laughs> Thank you. I know you were like, fuck you for making me do this. Yeah, basically. Um. <laughs> you gotta you gotta watch that clip, just just the two of them. It's just it's it's pure acting to see and they like set up like three fucking cameras to get everyone's reaction of Pacino and De Niro and, and in the middle. And it is it, it almost is like a it's like a boxing match. You just see these two actors just go toe to toe and neither's losing and neither's winning. It's just equal fucking ground. And you see that mutual respect of each other, of their craft in the well, performances. Well, and I'll tell you something about this movie and, and Donnie Brasco and, you know, a lot of these other ones that we've talked about that I haven't seen. So mm-hmm. 
my buddy Jim, who I think I've mentioned before, is as much of a cinemaphile as you are, if not slightly more. And that's not a shot at you, buddy. He just knows a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, and he knows some obscure shit. Like, he knows, like, the key grip from the best picture from 1963. Like, he knows that kind of weird shit. You know what I mean? Fair enough. So, um, and he, he and I and another one of his friends used to get together every Thursday and, and hang out. And we'd usually end up sitting around just bullshit. We'd end up, we, basically, it was a podcast without the recording because we'd mm-hmm. sit around and talk shit. But we'd usually have a movie on in the background. And then one time, now, his other friend is almost 100% Italian. I think he's like 95% Italian. And then, and then Jim is just a big movie fan. So when they found out at that point in my life, I had never seen any of the Godfathers. They were like, what the serious fuck, you know? <laughs> and, and they put it on. And then I came back and, and I loved it. I, I had, I enjoyed it immensely from the first time I saw it. It wasn't like, oh my God, I got to watch it. No, I put it on. I watched it. I loved it. They, the next week we watched the second one. And then the week after that, I came in and I forget, buddy. And I'm not saying this in a shit way, but have you, did you ever go to college? I know you, did you no. ever go? Okay. But you know, in college, they'll give you a syllabus, right? They kind of lays out what they're doing for the year and all that kind of stuff. So Mm -hmm. they gave me like a gangster movie syllabus of (laughs) movies that we were were going to watch. And then life happened and we had to stop doing the get-togethers on Thursdays. Mm -hmm. Um, And and they're just, like I said, life. But Mm -hmm. so I don't have it anymore. And I wish I did because I would show it to you and I'd also read it. But... I know for a fact that some of these movies that we're talking about that I haven't seen were in the latter part of my syllabus. Sure. You know? So um, we got through and part of it because I saw The Godfathers, all three, and I saw, um, that's where I saw Goodfellas the first time and Casino, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So Heat would qualify, even though it's not a mob movie. It's no, still I think it, a- yeah. They had a, they had like a, I forget what they called it because they had a better name for it, but it was like an honorable mentions section, but it wasn't right. honorable mentions. Like it had a better, a better name for it. Cause dude, right. when I tell you they put the syllabus together, like they literally sat down and like wrote out a, a thing with like categories and shit. But you should, you, know, you should reach out to that guy. Uh, I don't think he, oh, I talk to him all the time, but I don't think he's got it. I can ask him, but ask him to do another one. I can do that. I've tried to get him to come on a show because I honestly want to watch you two face down. Cause that would just be fun for me. He would do the De Niro heat thing with me. Oh, without no, he's not much of an actor, so I don't know. Fair enough. He would he would just know the dialogue. I think he would know the scene. I don't know if he would know the dialogue word for word. Like I think he would need you would need what you like what you would you could you have re- recited that without the script you sent me? M- most of it. Okay, well, see, I don't think he could do that. See, yeah. that's where you guys are different. I don't mean that in a bad way. Like you're more focusing on the acting. And he's more about the the whole process. So, like, the mm. acting is just a piece of the puzzle for him. Sure. You know, sure. So. Uh, what's after Heat in terms of going back up? So, we, well, we, we gotta, did talk. Yeah, I was going to say Devil's Advocate a little more. I feel like that yeah, deserves I, some I'd love. love to talk about Devil's Advocate, man. It, it, that's a... Uh... You know, uh, before we deep dive into that specifically, if you look over the next, like, I want to say 10 years of his career, right? 
Mm-hmm. There's several examples, and not all all of them, but there are several examples of him trying to, I feel like, help newer actors get their star by being with Pacino in a film. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, because you got Keanu in 97. Like, he wasn't nobody, but he wasn't Keanu. Does that make sense? He, w- he wasn't John Wick. He wasn't even Matrix. He wasn't Neo. You know, he wasn't, you know, and I think this role with, you know, in, in Devil's Advocate as the the foil or the counterpart to to Pacino really is kind of mm. what raised him up to that next level, you know? I mean, you're right. You were, you're absolutely right because you see that with Donnie Brasco. You see that with the gr- recruit. With Colin Farrell. I think you could see it with Any Given Sunday with Jamie Foxx. I think that's you a see, fair... You even see that with Two for the Money with Matthew McConaughey. I was going to say that, yeah. Yeah. With Which Ralph Garman is uh, is in Two for the Money. Is he? Mm-hmm. I watched it. I mean, I watched it because Pacino and, and all that shit, but I'm like, where's Ralph? And you very clearly see Ralph. Is he like a prominent role? Is it a one? Is yeah. It like, yeah. All right. He's a prominent supporting role where he's like like a supporting character who gets like three or four lines of dialogue, but every time he comes up, you're like, holy fuck, it's Ralph. And apparently they got, like, he and Pacino got along really well. You know what's really fucked is that we know a guy who was Pacino's fucking, like, I was just about to bring that up. Yeah. Like. He's told us that he can't tell us much about it, though, if you recall, which we respect. Yeah. Which we respect. I mean, he he was. We're talking about you, fucking Maddie. We're talking about you <laughs> again. As always, we're always fucking bringing um, you up, dude. Yeah, Maddie fucking Granger. Maddie um, fucking Granger hung out what, with Al fucking Pacino. Do we know what Pacino? Do you remember what movie though? Eighty-eight minutes. Was eighty-eight minutes? Okay. I think he lasted more than eighty-eight minutes with Pacino. Yeah. Although um, maybe not. Maybe maybe it was only in small doses. It totaled up to eighty-eight minutes. You know, I I was talking to um somebody who who tongue in cheek was saying that we don't talk about women enough on this show, and we have made efforts to be better at that. We're not always great at it. I I will stay right. I will say right now, our next deep dive in actor will be a woman. No, I I agree. I agree. Um, and they did ask why we were doing Pacino over a woman, and and I said honestly because the episode that came out today is our our mother's day special which was nothing but female actors pretty much yeah um unless you count bob, count bob saget <laughs> right unless you count bob saget but you know i will take a moment we we were talking about how he spent some time meaning pacino helping other actors get their star in this mm-hmm. time window and we mentioned keanu for devil's advocate um but to a lesser degree, Charlize Theron, because wasn't she, am I not? Do I have my people wrong? Let me pull. I should have pulled up the script. She's like, she's in Devil's Advocate, but I don't think that was anything to do with Pacino. I think Pacino approved of Keanu, but Charlize, I think Charlize got that just based on a really good audition. Okay, uh, but I don't. I mean, because she and Pacino interact for sure. Yeah, but. She was just a model at the at that time, and because Devil's Advocate's really early in her career. Oh yeah, very early on. I knew that. Uh, I mean, she basically played the same fucking role 
in The Astronaut's Wife. Did you ever see that fucking movie? No. So imagine the same fucking role that she has where she kind of goes crazy and thinks something's like thinks something's not right and it's kind of making her kind of schizophrenic. Right. And then imagine Johnny Depp is her husband and he's an astronaut and he goes out into space and gets like attacked by an alien. And then like we it's not really a big you you kind of see it coming a fucking mile away. The alien kind of possessed him or like yeah took over his body or some shit well, and then like impregnates it, her it's only her fourth movie and well fifth if you include the one she's not credited in because she's in children of the corn three apparently but she's not credited in that um I- i'm sure she asked for that <laughs> um the biggest thing I've i knew seen her- children of the corn three <laughs> um but she was in two days in the valley that thing you do and trial and error before she was in devil's advocate yeah, I mean, Devil's Advocate is Devil's Advocate has a great plethora of of actors, and and because you got Jeffrey Jones, who kind of an awful human being, but kind of a great shitty character actor. Okay, you know, he, because he's always kind of playing a blowhard, with the exception of like his role in Amadeus. Um, you know, Jeffrey Jones is, is usually kind of like, he's the fucking principal of Ferris Bueller. Like, he's that guy. Oh, yeah. And I, yeah, he did turn out to be kind of a piece of shit. If um, you also got Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. Did you know, you want some trivia, did you know that the apartment in Devil's Advocate where Craig T. Nelson does that whole scene where he pulls the gun out of his pocket and throws it on the ground and then shows how he picks up the gun? With his handprint, the bloody handprint on the floor. I, you know what? It's been so long since I've seen. I don't remember that part. But. Well, so that's the part where Keanu is representing him for the murder of his wife. No, and I, I came yeah. home. And, I'm just telling you and, and the audience. The apartment is Donald Trump's penthouse apartment in Trump of Tower. Of course it is. Yeah, and you can tell because there's fucking gaudy gold everywhere. Well, it's, you know, in that same regard, I I fell asleep on the couch the other night and with the TV on and I woke up at like three in the morning to Home Alone 2, right at the <laughs> part where he asked Trump De- for directions. Down the hall to the left. Yeah. So anyway, the, yeah, I, I feel like like you to your to the point we were both making like so Darius trying to help, you know, Keanu and maybe to a lesser degree, Charlize, but Keanu. Um any given sun, any given Sunday is. A, I feel like it's an underrated movie. I really do. It's definitely. I mean, we talked about it, and I, I remember I, I've seen it, but it's been a very long, long time since I've seen it. I, I've only saw it just the one time. Um, but obviously, I've seen the the rousing speech multiple times on YouTube. It's always one of the best Pacino speeches. Well, and that's the thing that Pacino is great for doing in any of, in a lot of these movies are these monologues, these these rousing speech monologues, you know? And I still think his best speech is in The Devil's Advocate. Oh, I agree. Oh, no question. This is great. The, the, the one as Coach D'Amato is great, but you're right. <laughs> it doesn't beat The Devil's Advocate. The fucking whole thing of him, you know... God worship that never like as an atheist growing up. I mean, I have definitely toned down my atheism. I'm still very much an atheist, 
but I you don't pee people over the head with it anymore. Is that no? Yeah, I I sort of got off on like I was I was sort of that religious like yeah. fundamentalist without being religious. religious. Yeah, it was kind of really fucking. I don't know. I just I got off kind of by Pacino validating that if there is a god, he's a complete fucking prick. You know, and and it's the devil saying it, and you're like, I see his fucking point. Like, I get it. You you almost kind of feel sorry for him. Like, like he he gives this, and I, I I'm I'm not going to do the Pacino too much, but I love this little because if if it's Pacino who has been known to occasionally improvise certain shit, or it's, if it's the word on the page from the screenwriter, let me give you a little inside information about God. God likes to watch. He's a prankster. Think about it. He gives man instincts. He gives you this extraordinary gift. And then what does he do? I swear for his own amusement, his own private cosmic gag reel, he sets the rules in opposition. It's the goof of all time. Look, but don't touch. Touch, but don't taste. Taste, but don't swallow. <laughs> and while you're jumping from one foot to the next, what is he doing? He's laughing his sick fucking ass off. He's a tight ass. He's a sadist. He's an absentee landlord. Worship that never. That is, for me, one of the greatest Pacino losing it, still being funny, still being intense, still being scary. And you like, I get it. I get his fucking point. And the crazy part is I bet you could drop that entire dialogue as written into the middle of dogma and it would fit. Perfectly. And, yeah. and I would got to say, whoever wrote that was a Catholic. One, I mean, whoever wrote that monologue was like, I get it. I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Nothing for me chews the scenery more brilliantly than Pacino where he's in the church and he's about to dip his finger in the holy water and he's looking up at God and he's got this big fucking sly grin and then he just dips his finger in the holy water and it boils yeah like there is some major faults of devil's advocate never when pacino's on screen i, I even think I need to watch even him even him lip-syncing to sinatra for me i mean obviously i'm biased but like it comes out of fucking nowhere and there's no there's no stereo he just wills sinatra's music to be playing in the air <laughs> And he's lip syncing. He's like, it happened in Monterey. I'm like, of course the devil's got good fucking music. We're all thinking he loves metal. Nope. Frank. Well, that's like that scene in um, Little Nicky where they, they say if you play, they you know, the guy's asking me to play Ozzy backwards. You hear like devil devil messages. No, but if you play Chicago backwards. I'm the son of Satan. I'm Oh man, but yeah, I mean, I need to watch that movie again. It's been a long Devil, time since Devil's I've seen Advocate. That yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. And um, even Keanu is is Keanu's really trying. He's really really trying. I it's think they hard to hold a candle to Pacino. It it's really, really it's believable that he could be the offspring of Pacino. Yeah, because they look just enough alike. But like, you look at Keanu, like, where's the Asian? Would you, like, where's would, the, where's would the you part have, Asian? Would you have Keanu play Pacino in a biopic? Fuck no. no. No way. No way. 
Okay. Uh, Pacino is the only person I think who could, and even then he's kind of too old, would be um, Adrian Brody. Yeah, I can see that. He, he looks enough like Pacino. He was called the next Pacino when he was starting to get his career. And he's got the chops for it. Um, no, I don't. Uh, they'd have to get an unknown. Oh, they'd have to get a really unknown talent. You could not get a big star to play Al Pacino because it would just take you out of like, why the fuck am I watching Leo DiCaprio play Al Pacino? He's like a right. foot taller than him. What the fuck is this? Right, right. I'm, I'm looking at the rest of this, and there's a really big gaping name staring at me of his in his filmography, in, in Pacino's filmography. What's that? that I've, I don't think I realized he was in it, and it was such a piece of shit flick, or at least it took so much shit. Gigli. Um, yeah, he's in Gigli. He plays, uh, plays like, he plays Ben Affleck's mob boss, because Gigli is, is like an Italian-American low-rent gangster. Right. And then he's like, I mean, I only saw the movie one time. I gotta say, Pacino's fine in it, and and you know that movie gets far more hate than it really kind of richly deserves. I've seen worse movies than Geely. Like I definitely have. Can I tell you a funny? I gotta confirm my years here, but bear with me. Bear with me just one second. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just looking this up to make sure I got my info right first. Yeah, they're close enough to this Fritz. Okay. So, you, as, as people know, <laughs> we're big Kevin Smith fans. No. Yeah, right? Um, and so, Kevin kept talking about this movie that he made with Ben and Jennifer during the Jersey Benefit. Girl. Right, Jersey Girl. But, Gigli came out basically at the same time. It's like yeah. a year apart. So, I, for a long time, thought Gigli was the Kevin Smith movie. <laughs> I think Kevin Smith would jizz his fucking brains out if he got to direct Pacino, even if it was Gigli. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty. <laughs> I mean, but you're, you are correct in the sense that that's really kind of why Jersey Girl kind of failed is because they thought this was Gigli too. Basically, which it isn't because Jen's in the movie for all of what, like 10 minutes, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the other thing is that Gigli was also Ben Affleck doing the chasing Amy thing again. The whole lesbian straight thing. Yeah, I don't I don't. I've seen Gigli. I have, but I don't remember a lot of the. It's a, it's it's not a bad movie. It's just not a good movie or even a, it's, it's not. I'm not. I'll never call it a great movie. It's not even a good movie. But it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. Like, uh, it's, it's, like The Room. Like, you can't say, oh, Gigli's one of the worst movies ever made when you're like, have you seen, like, Jaws the Revenge? Or, like, have you seen Leprechaun fucking 4? It's always the fourth one. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, Max Payne with Maki fucking Mac, to me, is a way worse fucking movie than Gigli. And I'm not trying to defend Gigli. I'm just trying to say, like... Right, right. It, it doesn't... I mean, Pacino, like we say, is particular to a certain degree of the movies. Like, later Pacino, he just stopped giving a fuck. And then he kind of is like, all right, I'm going to go back to it. Like, you know, he want to get back. He want to be more artsy. Well, and, you know, to that point, like, he plays a character. I love Two for the Money. I thought that was great. 
You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P- please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. I like that movie a lot. With with McConaughey? Yeah, yeah. But you didn't recognize Ralph Garman? Well, I didn't know who Ralph Garman was. I saw it like, the year oh, okay. that it came out. I had no idea who Ralph Garman was when I saw that movie. Did you see The Recruit with Colin Farrell? No. That's good. Predictable. You see where it's going, but you're still entertained as fuck. And That's Pacino one of his? kind of. Hmm? I'm not seeing that on his IMDb. It's there. It's 2003. Oh, there That's it is. Not. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Like, it, it's him doing the same thing. He's being a mentor to the u- new young star, which he does very well. Well, see, what I think I, makes me, and I like, you said it's Colin Farrell in The Recruit. Mm-hmm. I like Colin Farrell, so I probably would like it. But I, more than most people, really like McConaughey. I like McConaughey now. McConaughey has earned my respect as an actor. Didn't particularly like him, because I, I kind of viewed him as just... A pretty boy Texan kind of like ah, uh, you know, but uh, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, I I never got sucked into that. All right, like that West Texas fucking you know lisp thing. That I I, I was just never a McConaughey fan until honestly it was the movie Mud that really like I was like okay. this motherfucker Mud. He was great in and because he had a very good couple years fairly i mean dallas buyers club um dallas buyers club he's great in but mud steph's giving Lincoln me a lawyer. fucking look was like, he in lincoln what? lawyer who was he in what cj lincoln lawyer wasn't he in that too i never saw lincoln lawyer i've heard it was fucking awful though i liked it okay no i i get it i just i i don't know first time i saw Matthew McConaughey was in ed tv so to give you an idea of how long ago that was, you know, that was the first time I saw him. So that's, 90, that's 94, if I remember. I think so. Yeah. I don't have his thing up in front of me, but yeah. I mean, so I saw him in that before I ever saw Days and Confused, you know, which, <clears throat> yeah. So anyway, um, but I, I, I like an- two for the money and I, and I liked Pacino in it, honestly. I got another, it, it is not a critically lauded fucking film of his. Sure. But it's, it's kind of like one of those kitschy movies. You're like, holy shit. Like I, I think I like this more than I should have. That's a movie he did where it, it's phonetically spelled out like S one M zero N E it's, it's, but it's really Simone. Yeah. I see that here. Yeah. Okay. So he plays a filmmaker. He plays a director and he's getting sick and tired of all the real actresses not taking this direction and being fucking prima donnas. 
he somehow, I don't remember the context of it, he meets somebody who basically created an artificial intelligence through like a projector. And he is able to put her in his movie and uh, and he just sort of makes her up and he calls her Simone as, as in simulation one is really what it is. Sure. And, and he's able to like write her dialogue and the AI is able to speak what he writes and he can, with a microphone, speak as her. The audience and the world goes fucking nuts and he can't acknowledge that she's a fake fucking person. So he has to go with this lie of like, you know, making her up and like having her, like she wants to be a singer. So you've got to like put like projectors on a stage audience. Like remember when they did that with fucking Tupac? Where they brought oh, Tupac back? Yeah, I think, um, I forget if someone's going on tour. Whitney Houston's going on, was supposed to go on tour this year. <laughs> so same thing. Yeah. And it, it's not like, it is definitely not his best movie, but it's like one of those ones where if Pacino ever did like a, like a kind of kooky romantic comedy type of, like a very lighthearted film, it would be Simone. It's pretty okay. entertaining. I'm noticing here that he has this thing for playing real people in TV movies. Recently. I think he signed up with HBO and they're just making him crunch out all these fucking, uh, like, Weird biopics like Phil Spector and shit like that. He's done three that I've seen. He did Jack Kevorkian in a movie called You Don't Know Jack. That was in 10. In 13, he did Phil Spector. Right. And in 18, he did Joe Paterno. Yeah. Which I I have yet to see any of those movies. I didn't see any of the three that you just mentioned. The only one that sounds interesting to me, honestly, is Spector. Because the music thing. You know. (sighs) Um... I don't know. I mean, I, I I still worship Pacino as an actor, but I I have a hard time thinking he gives a fuck anymore. And watching him in The Irishman kind of proved that for me, because I know I really at very little points that I see him act. It was just Pacino yelling. <laughs> like, I didn't there, mind him there that, is though. Pacino yelling and acting. Like you know, we we. Suck the 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 dick off of scent of a woman, right? Which is a sentence that I didn't think would actually go well together, but it did. <laughs> um, but he's yelling and he's but he's still acting. He's not Pacino, and even in Devil's Advocate or Any Given Sunday or whatever, there's Pacino acting and there's Pacino yelling. And I gotta say, Pacino fucking yelling in in The Irishman was just. It, it, I'm not blaming his age. I'm not saying like, oh, he's just too old. He just doesn't, you know, he's, he just doesn't have it anymore. Because like Nicholson can still fucking like, wow me. Like Nicholson's performance in the departed is still insane to watch. And he was, you know, 70 years old at that point. And then same with De Niro. De Niro is still consistently some movies. He's a caricature of himself. Some movies he's, He's back to De Niro. He's acting legend Robert De Niro. Like in the Joker, he's he's not great when he does when he tries to do comedy, right? Um, which is ironic because he's really fucking funny in like Meet the Parents or I Analyze This. You guys, you guys have Amazon Prime, right? Steph does, doesn't she? Steph, I think did. We have Hulu and HBO and Netflix and Disney Plus. Thanks to you. All right, maybe I can find a way to. Sh- 
Because here's because here's the there's a show on Amazon Prime and I've seen it. This came up and I figured you'd watch it. It's not. It doesn't. It it, it partially appeals to me, and then at other times it doesn't. It's a movie. It's a show called Hunters. It's a ten episode show, one hour Never each. Heard. No, it's brand new. It's new to twenty twenty. It it came out this year. Mm-hmm. But Pacino stars in it. Oh, I did see like a promo for that. Yeah, and it's it's 1977 New York City. A troubled young Jewish man bent on revenge is taken in by a secret group of Nazi hunters fighting a clandestine war against a, the cabal of a high-ranking Nazi officials in hiding who are working to create the Fourth Reich. That sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, and it's it's on Prime. So that, I, I'd watch it. Um, I'm not going to sign up for Prime, but if if uh, we have it, then I'll give it a shot. I'm going through fucking so many different shows right now. It's hard to keep track of like who the fuck is what and what. Yeah, and this. Well, I've been watching a lot of one show, getting ready for a future episode because Christ, there's a lot of show to watch. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he never voiced a character, did he? He never. He was never on the show. No. No, I was looking at that. He is not actually from what if I'm seeing this right. I don't think he's ever done voice exactly. work. Yeah, I still think he should be in a Pixar film as an owl. Can I really quick, just because I think you'll find this fucking funny. So you know how on IMDb, if there's a show, it'll tell you the titles of the episodes. Yeah, like it'll say the show, and then underneath, and like like it'll list off the different episodes that are in or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's one episode titled Shalom Motherfucker. For what? That Hunter show, the one I was just telling you about. Shalom Motherfucker. <laughs> so, um, I thought you'd find you that funny. See, did you see 88 Minutes, the one Maddie worked on? No, no. And I used to get that confused, and please bear with me, because the because of the concepts, and if I have to explain further why, I used to get that in Insomnia confused. Oh shit! Insomnia. I completely forgot about that one. And which is ironic, considering how many times you mentioned Robin. Yeah. Well, I I I I referenced it today. Right. Like I would like no like earlier before oh. we were recording when Steph woke me up, like I started like growling like Pacino, and she's like, "Don't do it! Don't fuck up your voice! You got to get ready! Like you got to don't fuck up your voice before you start talking about Pacino." And I'm like, "I'm getting an I." I'm channeling his role in insomnia because I was half asleep. Right. Um, that's a fucking great movie for, for it's a, a multitude of reasons. Fu- it's a weird fucking movie too, though. It's weird as fuck because it's Robin Williams as the bad guy. And, and Pacino is weird. the good guy. Like, you don't see that often either. Pacino plays a good guy frequently. I always find him to be like... What's, uh, what's that word I'm thinking? Not the antagonist, but he's like that... The anti-hero a lot, I feel like. You know what I mean? Like, he's not always the antagonist, but he's not always the good guy either. Sure. I mean, when he, when, quote-unquote, it's revealed that he was the bad guy all along, like, you know, when he's, like, a mentor, and then it's like, oh, my God, dun-dun-dun, he's the bad guy, you're not surprised, because dark, because Pacino's got a lot of darkness, you know. What, for, in, a, for in, insomnia? In anything. You know, oh, he, yeah. he he plays good and bad and ugly very well. Um, Sometimes simultaneously. Yes. I mean, Bad Boy Caprice is a clear fucking example. He's good at being bad and fucking ugly. He's 
fugly as fuck in that movie. <laughs> um, but even like, like to not, I, I'm purposely going to avoid talking about the Godfather because that would be a clear example. Like Dog Day, you haven't seen Dog Day, but like when you break it down, he is a bank robber. He's he's unsuccessfully trying to rob a bank, right? Which is which is a crime. He is a criminal, or at least a, he's a, aspiring to be a criminal. Those are, I mean, you can sympathize with the character, but there's a lot of darkness in that aspect. Like, why could he just gotten a better job? Right, or, right. And it's not, and and there's a nobility to it because he's not doing it to get rich. It's not even really about him. It's re, it's a it's a weird thing, and I don't want to ruin it for you. No, I get yes, it. it it, it the as the imply on the description, it's about him paying for an operation for his wife. Well, I mean, the, the same thing applies to like any given Sunday. He's not a bad guy. He's not the bad guy, but he's just like he's certainly not somebody you find yourself rooting for either. Do you know what I mean? Like, but like I said, where he's the devil, you sympathize, right? He's the fucking devil, and you're like, I I see his point. I feel bad for the devil. Like God really did a number on him. <laughs> you know, I, I, damn you, God! Damn you, straight to hell for I, treating treating uh, the devil this way. I feel like we glossed over something, and when I say gloss, we didn't even mention it. But like, but I think you and I view this movie very differently, and that's probably why. And that's Ocean's Thirteen when he's Willie Bank. Like, well, I was I was getting that because okay, we hadn't fucking gotten. I, I was looking at his filmography, so I was well, totally we, working we my way jumped- up. We jumped ahead of it. A couple well, we of jumped times. ahead of it because we're talking about like later Pacino as a, compared to younger sure. Pacino. But you're, sure. but you're. I mean, we are both in. No, we're both in agreement that Pacino in the Ocean's Thirteen one feels right. Oh, it feels I'll... <laughs> obvious that if like if you're gonna have a villain who makes Andy Garcia look like a fucking weakling, it's gotta be Pacino. There were three people that could have done it. And I think you can name all three if you really think about it. Including Pacino? Including Pacino. Pacino, De Niro. The third one might be a little less obvious, but I think you can get it. I would... I'm, there's three others that I could pick. All right, well, well give, give, give them to me, and I'll let you know if that's one of the three I was thinking of. Walken? No, I, and I don't think I agree, but anyway. Harvey Keitel? Okay, that, that's not the one I was thinking, but that's, that's not a bad call. Okay. Nick Nicholson. No. No. Okay. Who's Pesci. The Pesci could have done it. I thought of Pesci, but I thought it was it, it, for starters, Willie Bake is not is not a, exclusively Italian. No, it's not about the Italian, it's about their on screen presence. And I feel like I, I, I think if I was ranking them ranking them out, it would have been in the order we set them. Pacino, De Niro, Pesci. Like it would have been that order. You know. Nothing against Pesci. I think Pesci would have been he would have played it more comical than how he does in like Casino. Which even okay. now is kind of okay. comical. Right, 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 right. I hear you. Okay. Pesci Pesci even like Pesci was my favorite part of the Irishman because he had that intensity. But I think someone like Nicholson could pull out that Nicholson would have done the, you know. Screw Sinatra, like screw Sinatra. True, he would have he would have played it 
all right, let me let me let me ask you this, and I'm gonna try to make a a, a comparison here. He would have played it like Jack Napier before getting dropped in Nevada Acid. Yeah. Is right. that sounds it? I, <laughs> it's so funny. I, I I I did my Nicholson Joker just when I was playing. I, I was I think I was playing a video game. I was I was playing the Force Unleashed, and I fucking put on a new costume. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with Geico, we hired a nature show host. In the native habitat of a suburban driveway, the poor victim of a broken windshield is left assessing his vehicle utterly helpless. Well, not true. If he's got Geico, he can file a claim online, over the phone, or with his handy mobile app. But like a lone gazelle, he'll suddenly be left to fend for himself, awaiting his terrible fate. Nope. Geico will assign him a designated claims team to help him out, too. So the gazelle gets his car fixed and everything. Wow. Nature is so cool. Geico. Great service, without all the drama. I haven't really woken up. Until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. For my character. And without even realizing, I I said, nice outfit. Like... (laughs) <laughs> like Nicholson. and Steph's like what the fuck where did that why why are you pulling out your fucking Nicholson I'm like oh I didn't even realize I did that <laughs> like, there's gotta be a form of like a schizophrenia for impressionists that I have like sure. you're just like I'm just talking like Jack all day long my one of the things that just to me shows Pacino's range in in the ocean movies specifically is right towards the end right and mm-hmm. it's it's after everyone's left the casino, and it's mm-hmm. just him and Danny Clooney standing there talking. And he's like, you think you hit me hard? You haven't even hit my soft spots. And he starts lifting off, listing off the soft spots. You know, like, like I'm still a three, a three handicap on the golf course. I've got the best casino on the strip, and I'm a shoe-in for the Five Diamond Award, right? Mm-hmm. And then Carl Reiner comes around the back and kind of you know, lets him realize, no, he's not. But the best part is right after that, you see the helicopter flying away with the diamonds. And he just looks up and he's like, (laughs) he looks like a little kid, you know, like a little kid. And he's like, my diamonds. (laughs) My diamonds. They stole my diamonds. It's not even that. He's just, it's just very laid back, simple. My diamonds. You're right. it's, it's definitely, really an interesting like conveyance right from the beginning of that to the end of that. It, you're you're absolutely right. It, it is the simplest. If we could ever see what what Al Pacino would be as a as a kid, right? Like, my, my diamonds, you know. It, and Nicholson would have would have done the joke with like, like what, like you know, he's like, he stole my balloons, right? Right. That's yeah. He just. I think Vicino was perfect for that role. I don't think you could have done better. Maybe I, Keitel. I, I honestly, I would take Keitel over or Nicholson. De Niro, or, De, or De Niro. I think I would take Keitel over De Niro in that role. I, that role specifically. You know what I mean? Yeah. What I love is that it's almost like Andy Garcia is getting his revenge for being in Godfather 3. <laughs> 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like, because he plays fucking, uh, oh, fuck, uh, Vincent Corleone. Yeah. Well, you, we didn't, Mancini, we didn't, we didn't deep dive the Oceans movie, did we? I don't think we've ever done that. I think we've no. talked about them. And I'm not saying we need to do that tonight by any means, but I will honestly tell you, I didn't like what they did with the character that he plays over those three movies. You mean Benedict? Yeah, I didn't I didn't like what they did with Benedict from Ocean's Eleven to Ocean's Thirteen. Like I I I, I just didn't I, like it. I like what they did to him in the second one, where he was like in on the thing, but he was still like, if you don't do this, I'm gonna have you guys killed. He didn't do that in the second one, he did it in the third one. Mm -mm. Second one, he blackmails them into stealing the egg. But he wasn't in on it. Like, he's more in on If you want to be say he's in he on it, he's more... financing it. No. No, 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 no. He, he said that he will, he'll forgive them the money he, they owe him if he gets if they get the egg. But, but he, he says, if not... you guys don't, by a certain amount of time, then I'm going to have you guys killed. Right, but he's not financing it. And the third one, he finances the drill. Okay. Yeah. As a personal... As, as what I'm saying, as a personal revenge, because he was putting Godfather 3... Yes and no. If you remember, he says they have to double his investment, too. So, I mean, like, I mean, there's a lot to get into that. But the point is that, like, and, and we'll do this deeper later, but, like, in the in Ocean's Eleven, he was a very ruthless killer type, you know, almost mob boss-like character. Yeah. And he's much more the com- almost a comedic foil by the yeah, third one. Office. Yeah, and I, I didn't like that. I liked his... I liked him better in, in 11 and 13. But anyway, that's, you know, another, that's another discussion for another day. But I, I liked him in, in the most in Ocean's Love. I mean, you, you're, you're right. I'm I with mean, you. They, I agree. I liked him the best yeah. in 11. Yeah. Um, um, what else do you want to talk about with Pacino's thing? Cause I'm looking here. I mean, I know, I know you didn't like his, his role in Once Upon a Time. I just You're, thought it was wasted. Personally. Right. I just well, that's it was what I mean. Wasted yeah. fucking role. We've um, talked about the Irishman pretty in depth already, and you you kind of mentioned it again tonight. So yeah, I mean, I, liked I tried. It. I liked watching... it more than you did, but mm-hmm. I liked it more than you did in terms of him specifically. But yeah, at no point did I fucking see. Are we talking about um, Irishman? Yeah. I, at no point did I really ever see Jimmy Hoffa. I only saw Pacino. It was just, just really weird and not inspiring casting it was let's just get de niro and pacino directed by scorsese together it was not uh, if anything i i think we could have found pacino in a better role to in that movie you know even if it was a smaller role i think it's i think you could have flipped it you could have had de niro play uh hoffa i think i i think there could have been at the very least, I just would have liked to have seen that version of De Niro as Jimmy Hoffa and Pacino as the fucking Irishman. You know, he made like some movies that in 2014 that I really tried to. Like, I I couldn't get through them. They were just not great. Like I've never heard of, them, of any of them, honestly. The, the, the humbling Manglehorn and Danny Collins. The only one that I actually kind of got through was Danny Collins, and it's because he plays like an old. Like he was a singer songwriter way back and he had a big career and he wants to branch out and try new material. But like 
everyone just wants him to do his one hit wonders. And it, it, it is that's an interesting one. But I got to be honest with you. Get, if you if you take out the TV movies that we referenced already, mm-hmm. from the time he was in Jack and Jill, which I've never seen, but I'm using that as a point, a specific point of reference, right? Mm-hmm. Up until he's in Paterno, or no, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, Once Upon a Time, I've never even heard of half these. I haven't heard of any of them. I don't even know what the fuck Hangman was. What the Neither fuck is I. this? No, um, I'm Hangman. A homicide detective brings his partner out of retirement to help catch a serial killer whose crimes are based on the children's game Hangman. Fuck off! Now, the guy, the the younger cop is the guy who played um, uh, Bones in the new Star Trek, like the J.J. reboot. Yeah, Carl Urban. Thank you. I couldn't remember his name, yeah. Um, I like him, so I would have maybe liked it for that, but... I mean, I, I actually kind of want to see it. I just, but clearly it did not do well if they, if it fucking snuck by and we're like, what the fuck is this fucking movie? But to your point about Manglehorn, Danny Collins, The Humbling, Salome. Salome, I think I heard of, but that's the only one, you know? Yeah. This one looks interesting. The stand up guys. Oh, it's- I did see that. You did see that? It's um, a pretty good. It's a pretty good cast, actually. It, it, if I remember correctly, it's very similar to like going the distance or whatever, mm-hmm. or going out in style. It, it, it's old men fucking robbing a bank or some shit. It's it's. It, I don't think it was bad. I just think Pacino was on his a game of being a crazy old man in that movie. There's what? a part where they're at a bar, and he's like, "I need some drugs," and he like grabs like Alan Arkin's fucking medicine like he's got a whole pharmacy because he's an old man he needs like arthritis and and thyroid and viagra and whatever the fuck and he just starts taking pills and crushing them on the bar counter and the bartender comes by and says what are you doing you can't be doing drugs like on the bar he's like fuck you this is for my arthritis and he just starts snorting lines of these random drugs mixed up together uh, with like a really thin straw from like you would get for a cocktail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like watching. I'm like, buddy, you're not going to get much of that straw. Trust me. <laughs> okay, the fact that you know that is disturbing in and of itself. However, it just feels like this feels like a um a bank robber's version of Red. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's just, let's see. You know, it's there are those movies where it's like. Let's see this action star a little older kick some ass, right? And you're, and you're like, but like, no, what? <laughs> no, it's, no. And it, it really is kind of like the like it's one thing you're like, you know, we're gonna see Rambo at the age of seventy rip <laughs> someone's throat out. All right, I'm into it. And then we saw, I mean, Liam Neeson has a whole fucking career being sixty five years old fucking up dudes it's true i mean like there was like oh yeah he wasn't he was he was amazing as oscar schindler okay i was like oh yeah he was quite god jen okay and then he was bras all ghoul okay and then it was like hey let's give this guy take it and then like watch liam neeson everywhere yeah because right after that he did that air marshal movie i forget what it was called but he was like the air marshal or whatever um non-stop 
It's so funny though. The other day, and we're talking like yeah. When I say the other day, I want to say like ten ten days ago or so. We're going to bed, and Deb's like, "Let's put on a movie." And she's like, "How about that Star Wars one with Liam Neeson?" So we watched the Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah. How was it? Oh, it's I mean it's the Phantom Menace. We've talked about a nauseam, but it was just funny. I was like, I was like, you you want that one, the one with the the young kid. <laughs> We're going way off the rails, but I was playing Forza Unleashed the other night. Yeah, and I discovered an Easter egg that I I had heard about but never actually had seen okay. because I think it was only for the Xbox 360 version and not the PS3. You find you could find Jar Jar Binks frozen carbonite. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. We we can't fucking end it on no. fucking Jar Jar. We gotta end it on Al <laughs> fucking Pacino. Um yeah, you know, I, I I love Pacino and I and I really I kinda I miss I miss the uh like the uh the two thousand like the early two thousands Pacino, like the like insomnia Pacino, like when he was still fucking doing some acting and not just sound like a fucking laryngitis commercial. <laughs> You know, you know what I would love. That I would love to see Al Pacino play a Bond villain. Yeah, I guess. Look, if Walken can fucking do it, then Pacino can fucking do it. Like, just I, and I don't mean like a new, like Daniel Craig Bond. I mean, Pacino would have worked in a sort of retro '60s kind of yeah. Sean Connery Bond. Like, I imagine. Bond like on the apparatus where he's like tied up and the laser is about to like slice his dick off, and Pacino's like, "Oh, Mister Bond, I got you where I want you. Now I'm gonna fuck you up." And he's like, "You know, he's like, do you, do you expect me to talk? No, I expect you to be circumcised, motherfucker. Like, just tongue in cheek, just like chewing the scenery and like and and putting salt and pepper on it at the same fucking time. That's." That's what I, I really hope like it, it'll never happen, but that was one of my, like my dreams of like, man, there's some great fucking actors that could be a bond villain. Pacino is definitely at the top of that list. All right, you sons of bitches. I've had enough of this bullshit. I'm 80 years old. I'm tired. I'm ready to go to bed. Fuck you too. CJ here with a few thank yous and let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. Listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your podcasts. Please don't forget to rate and comment. Podeskew is a member of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Visit their website, bigheadsmedia.com, and follow them on Twitter at bigheadsmedia. If you want to agree with or yell at us, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew. Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. We want to thank logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our wonderful logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for all original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons, all one word, and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel-Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone, for listening. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. Sir, you're out of order. Out of order. I show you out of order. 
You don't know what that order is, Mr. Trask. I'd show you, but I'm too old. I'm too tired. I'm too fucking blind. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it.